welcome to Sex on the Floor podcast. This podcast was created to help educate the public about problems with sex and intimacy and how this is tied to both physical and mental aspects. Hosted by myself, Dr. Molly Hart, a passionate pelvic floor physical therapist and owner of Pelvic Balance Physical Therapy, and by Dr. Katie Schubert, a phenomenal sex therapist and owner of Cypress Wellness Center. We are here to have a good time. We're here to keep it real with you all and to educate along the way. I'm so excited for you to join us. We strive to help many relationships prosper in fun, safe, and healthy intimacy. While listening to the show, please remember that this information is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care. Welcome back to Sex on the Floor podcast. Dr. Molly Hart here. And Dr. Katie Schubert. And so today, what are we talking about, Katie? <laughs> we're talking about why sex doesn't feel good for women. I know both, both of us often see women in our, in our practices where they come in and they say, um, you know, I'm, I'm having sex with my partner, but it just doesn't feel good. And I, I have no motivation to have sex with them because I get no pleasure from it. So I think that we need to spend today to talk about, um, some of the reasons why sex doesn't feel good. And then in the upcoming podcast, we'll talk about some of the ways that we tackle the issues that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. I'm excited for that. So first we're going to have Dr. Katie kind of go through when somebody, when, if you're a female and you're having pain with intercourse and you decide, okay, I want to, I want to work on this. And you go to a sex therapist, uh, Dr. Katie's going to talk about kind of what she's reasoning through to figure out what potentially might be the reason for it. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not only pain. So sometimes women come in and they say sex actually hurts. Mm. Um, I'm experiencing pain when I'm having sex, but a lot of women just come in and say, I I have sex with my partner. It, it feels like nothing. Like I don't feel anything. I experience no pleasure. I don't remember the last time I had an orgasm. Um, and I'm only having sex with them because they want to have sex. I have no intrinsic motivation to be having sex with them. So when that's the case, either the, um, the lack of sensation or the physical pain, there are usually two main reasons, two umbrella reasons why that might happen. So either something's happening on an individual level or something's happening in the relationship. So a lot of the questions I ask in the very beginning have to do with narrowing that down to figure out whether or not it's an individual issue or a partner-specific issue. Um, individual issues might have, you know, things to do with sexual trauma in her history. Um, it could have to do with her upbringing, maybe being um, incredibly religious, or if her family had negative associations with sex, and that's what she was taught growing up. Um, it could have to do with the ways that she's learned how to communicate about her body, or it could be that she just hasn't had much education about her body, where her clitoris is, what her clitoris does, what she likes. She hasn't ever been taught about masturbation. Um, so those are some of the questions that I would ask 
to figure out what the, what the individual component is in regard to either pain or a lack of sensation. Um, in terms of it being partner specific, a lot of times women are on, in relationships where, again, she doesn't feel like she can communicate about what's going on with her body. Um, she's embarrassed to talk about her clitoris. She's embarrassed to ask her partner to touch certain parts of her body when they're being sexually intimate. Um, or <laughs> they could just be in a really unhappy relationship and she doesn't, she doesn't have any motivation to have sex because she's not happy in that relationship. Um, so I would ask a tremendous amount of questions, to try to figure out what, what camp we're looking at, whether or not it's an individual, whether or not we can work on it individually, or whether or not we need to focus on couples therapy and working on, you know, the more foundational stuff in a relationship. Yeah. I love, I love that you kind of break it up into that individual versus the relationship. Cause that is, that is really important to distinguish the difference because you can see, I know even like on my side, when I see a really supportive relationship and the husband um, comes in or the partner comes in and you just see this beautiful supportive relationship, I know that we don't have to worry about that emotional intimacy um, problem being there because if it is there, then I always am recommending you need to go have uh, couples counseling. I have a wonderful sex therapist, so forth. Not that they always do that, but that's okay. It's small steps that matter. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll talk a little bit about then when you come to see a physiotherapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and you're having both of like what Katie said is, is you're having either discomfort or lack of sensation with, um, intimacy for me, it's less like if somebody was to call and say, Hey, I don't really feel motivated to have intercourse. That's not something a physio is going to be treating. I'm going to recommend you to see, uh, Dr. Katie. But if you're saying, Hey, I have actual pain during sex or I have little sensation. I used to have sensation, but now postpartum, um, I'm not really feeling much anymore. And it's like, my clitoris is dead. I hear that all the time. My clitoris feels dead. And so, of course, I'm going to say, yeah, come in, let's do an eval. And so what I'm going through is I'll ask a lot of questions. I also want to know about past trauma. I want to know about sexual abuse. And I also want to even know about medical um, abuse because some of the women that I'm treating have been in so much discomfort for years that they've actually had a lot of medical trauma even when it comes to the pelvic region. So I really want to know, like, what's happening in that area you're like you had said, Katie, the upbringing, um, religious background, cultural background. I see that that can cause a lot of women to, it's not, it's not even just a psychological thing. We actually will tense our pelvic floor muscles and not allow the man to even enter. And so of course that's going to hurt if I'm tensing everything up. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of complexities to that. So what I will typically do when women come in is I go through a screening and what I'm really looking for is I'm trying to understand the nervous system and I'm trying to understand how the entire pelvic region is working as a whole. So let me give an example. I am going to ask, so in the pelvic floor area, the pelvic bowl, you've got your bladder in the front. Our vaginal tissues are sandwiched behind that. And then behind that is the rectum. So our vagina is literally between the bladder and the rectum. So if we're having pain with intercourse, more often than not, 
women are going to have bladder and bowel issues that they don't even know are related, but they are very much so related because it's all sandwiched right there in that pelvic bowl. So the first thing I ask actually is about the bladder. And so typically a pattern you'll see when women are having pain with intercourse. So this is different from a lack of sensation, lack of sensation and pain, very, very different typically of what the physiological aspect is. Um, so now I want to know if they're having pain, are you also having urgency to go pee all the time? Do you find that you're frequently going pee? Does it, does the bladder kind of bother you when it starts to fill up? Do you get a, a heavy pressure discomfort sensation down there as well? And often they're like, oh yeah, I do. I do have that. And they don't know it's tied to what's going on with intercourse. Um, and then another thing I'm ruling in and out is do they have issues with constipation or IBS? So are we having a hard time actually evacuating our bowels? Sometimes that's food related. And so we'll talk about that. But sometimes it's because the pelvic floor is so on, it's just completely contracted. It's, it's way too tight and it doesn't allow for that relaxation that's needed for the bowel to pass or for that urine to pass. And so those things are going to be cues to me of, Hmm, maybe we do really have something physiological going on. Now, if I do this whole screening and they have nothing going on with the bladder, like their whole body's healthy. They're having great, um, their body feels good. They have no issues with digestion. The bladder's working great. The bowels are working great. And it's just pain with intercourse. I'm, now I'm going to really have to rely on my physical exam with them to see what's going on. But I'm now wondering, is this more psychological or is this actual, actually a physical concern? Um, now let's talk about lack of sensation. So if a woman comes in, this is something I see really most often postpartum and it, it, it tends to be that, or there is something maybe neurological going on, such as, um, multiple sclerosis. You can have even certain like cerebral palsy, spinal cord injuries. There can of course be a lack of sensation. Um, and that's a little bit more of a complexity of what, what we're going through. But postpartum is probably the main thing I see is, is maybe they're six months postpartum, a year postpartum. It doesn't feel the same. And so at that, I'm going to be asking those screening questions. Typically, patterns you're going to see. This is not always. If they're having a lack of sensation, women will often report, too, that they have like a heavy pressure sensation down in the pelvic area, especially with physical activity or like prolonged um, standing or walking and towards the end of the day. And what I just described there, that's what we call like a pelvic organ prolapse symptom. And that's when the bladder, the cervix, the rectum kind of can be even like pushing downwards into the vaginal area. And so all of that points to a very lengthened, weak pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So very different than the pain. The pain very often is kind of a really short, tight pelvic floor to where we now can't get the, the urine out. We can't get the the bowels at where else lack of sensation more often than not is a weak lengthened pelvic floor. And then, so with prolonged activity, we're going to get that heavy pressure sensation as the organs are kind of pressing down and sitting on that tissue. Cause there's a lack of muscle support there for it. So Molly, the, um, we, we've both been pregnant. Yeah. When you're nine months pregnant, you kind of feel that heavy sensation. Is that what you're talking about? hundred percent. But they feel okay. that after, after pregnancy, it's just this un oh. heavy sensation. And if they look down, some women can even see, um, a prolapse. So what does that look like at the vaginal opening? 
you, you can kind of see some tissue down there. If you put your hand in the vaginal tissues, you might even feel something there that you used to not feel. Hmm. And it's not anything to overly worry about. I think we overly worry about things, um, maybe just because of sometimes just like things on social media and stuff that we see, but it's something we want to get assessed. And so that then I'm going to be doing the physical exam. I'm going to be checking out the pelvic floor for both sides. And what I want to know, I'm going to go across every single muscle in the pelvic floor. And so the pelvic floor, we call it the pelvic floor, other terms that people will call it, it's like levator ani, whatever you want to call it, but it's actually broken up into a bunch of little muscles. And so when I do an exam on women, we do a pelvic internal exam. We do not, um, we do not use stirrups like the gynecologist uses. It's very simple. We don't have the speculum. Like it's just our digit. That's it. So it's very, very gentle. Whereas a lot of women who have pain with intercourse or are having lack of sensation, they'll go see the gynecologist and it's almost traumatizing in and of itself because they're up in these big stirrups and they have these speculums that are separating the tissues and it's just, it's too, it's too much and aggressive. So we're much more gentle as a physical therapist. And so we'll go through and we will put a little bit of pressure on every one of those pelvic floor muscles, some of your hip muscles called your obturator internus, and then we'll go up by the bladder. And so up by the bladder, there's some, that's not your, your basic, that's not your pelvic floor muscle. Like people think about it. There are muscles up there, but it's not like that main pelvic floor muscle. And so now I'm feeling the bladder and I'm trying to see, is there discomfort? Is there restrictions there? And when I put pressure there, does it really cause a strong sensation to have to urinate? So these are all things I'm looking at physiologically and then I will test their muscle strength. And so we do that as physios from a zero to five. So a zero is nothing. I ask you to, to do a Kegel or a pelvic floor squeeze and there's nothing there. Um, and that can happen sometimes after, you know, like a bad tear, a vaginal tear or being like a neurological issue or just a like Katie said, total lack of awareness of that region of their body. They just don't understand. They're not connected to it at all. Um, a one is just a flicker. So barely anything. A two is we get, I, I feel a contraction. Mm-hmm. A three is I feel a decent contraction and I can even like put a little bit of pressure. A four is you can contract against a little bit of pressure. And five is you can contract against a lot of pressure. And a five, if you have a really strong pelvic floor, not to be too graphic, but like my finger will literally like kind of be like sucked up upwards into the vaginal cavity. Like that's how a very strong, healthy pelvic floor would feel. And so I'm going to go across the different muscles and feel that though, because remember the pelvic floor is not just one muscle, it's multiple different areas. And so I want to see, are we getting that contraction on, on the right tissues in the center and on the left? Because if they've had an injury, um, let's say from birthing, maybe part of the pelvic floor is kicking on and the other parts, not, um, and so forth. So I'm really looking at how do they respond to pressure along these things? And then can they do a pelvic floor squeeze? And then I'll have women push down like they're birthing or like they're trying to have a bowel movement. And I want to see where are those pelvic organs? Are they coming down into the cavity? And is that also a component of what could be causing this discomfort or lack of sensation that they're feeling? And then based upon the, the, the subjective and based upon that exam, I'll talk to women. I'm like, Hey, listen, this is this is what I see is going on and, and this is what we need to do to, to address this and treat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about all of the overlap between the psychological stuff and the physiological stuff. Um, we were talking before we, before we started recording 
And um, we both agree that sometimes it's even hard to determine what comes first, the psychological stuff or the physiological stuff, or if they just came up at the same time. Um, and I think a lot of postpartum women, um, this stuff comes up at, you know, at the same time because their body has just gone through this huge thing. So is their brain, their hormones, their relationship. Um, you know, they're, they're feeling, <laughs> they're feeling all sorts of ways. So I think with, you know, women who have just had children, um, a lot of times you know, these, these two things pop up at once, the psychological components and the physiological components. Yeah. I don't think you can separate it. I, I just yeah. think it's because if you are having a lack of sensation, there are physiological things I always think that are going on, but there also now is this sense, a lot of women of just not feeling sexy, not feeling like they, they just want to like, I hear women say, I just want to have sex. Like I used to have, mm-hmm. um, my husband told me that I'm, I'm, I'm looser than I used to be. Like, these are things I hear and they're, they're so defeated feeling. Yeah. And so that's, that's something that we really want to talk about. And that's something that, you know, Dr. Katie, you're going to be worlds and bounds as far as the way you can help them. And I'm trying to just, let's talk about the physiological stuff. And and I do get into this emotional stuff, but gosh, if, if women for sure could do a cross between the both, oh, that'd be heaven. Yeah. And you know, and women or men are not, not different in this category. Sometimes if we can just build up a little bit of confidence, so if we can work on some of the physiological stuff, or if we can work on some of the psychological stuff, just that little ounce of added confidence clears things up right away because they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I can do this. You know, I, I can, I can experience sex. I can, I can have pleasure during sex. I can have sex and not feel incredibly anxious. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you having that. And also I think just finally seeing somebody who's experienced and an expert in this and validates what they're saying is so important because I know those of you listening, if you're going through this, I probably can say you've, you've gone to your gynecologist, you've gone to these different healthcare providers and you've said these things like, Hey, I'm having discomfort when I have sex, or I don't really have any sensation or pleasure, or I feel something down there. And I can't tell you how many of the women I treat that have said that to their health providers and been totally not heard or like, that's normal postpartum. Don't worry about it. Or like, Oh, that's, that's really common. Like, don't just use, just use more lubricant or just take an Advil before sex or have a drink before you have sex. And those types of discounting, unvalidating statements from your healthcare providers also creates more of a problem. And so I think just seeing somebody like Katie, seeing somebody like me who listens to you and and says, Hey, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And here's what we can do to try to help this. That in and of itself brings so much hope to the situation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I will say, you know, Molly and I are both located in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, and we see clients all over this, you know, the Tampa Bay area. Um, but if you are looking for someone who specializes in what Molly and I specialize in, if you're looking for a sex therapist, um, you want to specifically look for a sex therapist. So not all mental health therapists are trained in this, just like not all pelvic floor therapists, or I'm sorry, uh, physical therapists are trained in pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're Google searching therapists, you want to be Google searching specifically a sex therapist and specifically a pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah, that's a great distinction. Mm-hmm. And then let me ask you this 
Katie, it, with sex therapists, because I know there's not a lot of you and there's not a lot of public floor physical therapists either. Would you say most sex therapists, you feel pretty, very confident in their skill level as far as how they can treat these things? Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all specially trained. Um, so in Florida, for example, and all states differ, but, um, in Florida, if you, if you're calling yourself a certified sex therapist, you have a, you have a whole year of postgraduate study in specifically sex therapy. So we all, we all come to therapy with a very, um, specific way of approaching clients and a specific skill sets. Um, and we would all, we would all roughly, uh, treat clients a similar way because of our training. Okay. See, that's great. So I, that's so wonderful. I love that. So just so you all know, those of you women who are listening, when it comes to the physical therapy world, yes, physical therapists, we get almost no training in school when it comes to the pelvic floor, like practically none. Some programs have a little bit more. So if you are trained in this, if you are a pelvic floor physical therapist, it's all stuff you've done post-grad. Now, the difference, though, unfortunately, with the physical therapy world is you can call yourself a pelvic floor physical therapist, and you don't necessarily have to have any training on it. Nobody is is necessarily looking at that. And so what's kind of happened over the past 10 years is pelvic floor physical therapy has blown up. It's become much more aware in the public eye. And then over the last five years, really, it's become very, very much so there's this high awareness. And so there's some, this is where my frustration comes in is that there are some physical therapists who call themselves a pelvic floor PT and they, and there's even nurses now at gynecology, like at the gyno, they'll have nurses who are doing pelvic floor PT. Hmm. Um, and it is kind of infuriating to me because typically the nurses, they're just doing just, um, Kegels. They're doing like biofeedback Kegels and they, the programs from like patients who have come to me, I'll ask them what they do there. And I'm like, yikes, that's not really ideal. So if you go to a pelvic floor PT, just make sure they have the training behind them. Look at their reviews, make sure they're, they are, and if they don't have reviews, cause they're, they're with like a, a big hub, like Cora or select physical therapy, make sure that the pelvic floor PT there, you are beyond confident that they have the training and the skill level you need. And the only reason why I say this is because if they don't, you can think that you had pelvic floor PT and failed it when in all reality, we actually as the medical community kind of failed you is, is the way that I look at it. It also can, can be very traumatizing. I've had patients who um, go, go to therapists who aren't necessarily as skilled as they should be. And, and they leave feeling very violated and traumatized. And that's just going to make the problem even more compounded and worse. If you ask me, so don't be worried about it. My advice is just, when you type it into Google, like Katie was saying, you type in sex therapist for pelvic floor physical therapy, you do the same thing, pelvic floor physical therapy, but then secondarily look at that person's reviews, make sure they're great, make sure that they have the training and then you're good to go. Like you will be, you will be on the right track to help whatever it is that you're, you're trying to help out with. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we spent, we spent today talking about some of the, the diagnostic, um, stuff we would be dealing with in like the first few sessions with clients. 
um, in the next talk that we do, we're going to be talking about like the therapeutic interventions that we would, we would take with clients. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'm excited about. So next episode, why does, what is it? Why does sex not feel good for her? Yes. Talking about the different things that Dr. Katie and I would do, um, to, to try to help out with that. Yep. If you guys have any questions at all, you please feel free to contact us with the information listed below on the podcast. We will be happy to answer your questions and to connect with you. And if you're looking, Katie, do you do stuff online? Do you treat online? I'm, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Could you do like Zoom? Like if, let's pretend I was in a different state. Could I work with you? Yeah. So unfortunately, um, therapists can only practice with clients that are actually in our state. Okay. So I'm licensed in Florida, which means that I can work with anybody who's in Florida. Gotcha. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm virtual. So I, I can have these kind of sessions with clients only so long as you're in Florida though. Gotcha. And so it's the same with physical therapy. If you're in a different state, because I work with women all the time in other, in other states and other countries, it's not considered at that point pelvic floor physical therapy. It, it, we, we call it like wellness coaching. And so it's a little bit different. Of course, I'm not going to be physically assessing you and so forth, but just kind of giving you guidance and so forth. So if you ever feel the need, if you're in a different state, a different country, and you have questions, um, still reach out because I would yes. be happy to do a consult with you and just kind of point you in the right direction. Same. Okay. All right, guys, we will see you at the next podcast episode. Bye. Bye. We are Dr. Molly Hart and Dr. Katie Schubert, and you've been listening to Sex on the Floor podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions and want to get in contact with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Dr. Molly Hart and at Dr. Katie Schubert on Facebook at Pelvic Balance PT and at Dr. Katie Schubert. And for more information about us on our websites, you can find us at pelvicbalancept.com and at drkatieschubert.com.